Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress on this Friday on the Plains. And we are so stoked to be able to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our good pals, Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, back here with us as we get set for week two of the college football season. Chris, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things going for you? How much fun have you enjoyed having football back in our lives? I mean, it's been great. I mean, I don't know, you know, necessarily if that NFL game was as good, but, um, you know, last night. But, man, week one into college football, we uh, it's looking pretty good. I mean, outside of LSU on Sunday night, um, you know, SEC had a chance to go undefeated there. But uh, I like what we saw in week one. I think we figured out a lot. Yeah, it was fun to see all these games back and to be able to have all these opinions start to formulate, see where we were right and wrong, and I know it's a little bit too early to have all of those overreactions. Uh, we'll talk about the SEC and then focus on Auburn a little bit later in the discussion, uh, but you take a look at Week 1. Who were kind of the big winners in the conference, you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously Georgia was, was the most impressive. I mean, playing in an Oregon team that we think is going to be pretty good, but, um, you know, I, I thought what they did, I, I always said I thought Georgia's offense was going to be more explosive with Stetson Bennett, more comfortable in it, and it was. But I did not expect Georgia's defense to be as dominant as they were. I, I think we made too much out of all the pieces they lost in the offseason, you know, all the guys that got drafted and all that, and neglected to recognize all the good pieces they were bringing back. You know, I'm watching that defense, and I'm seeing Christopher Smith and Keely Ringo and, you know, Jalen Carter and all these pieces. I'm like, Maybe we underestimated the Georgia defense. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as last year, but, man, they, they certainly look like it in their first test. So Georgia, very impressive to me. Alabama, you know, looked like Alabama, although, you know, a little bit statistical anomaly, you know, them not having a sack I thought was very surprising. But kudos to Utah State. They did a, a good job of getting the ball out quick. They just didn't do anything with it. They got it out quick and avoided sacks. They just didn't, you know, turn it into first downs and keep the chains moving at all. Right. But, uh, you know, offensively, I'll tell you this, Bryce Young barely ran the football last year. I mean, they would use him on rollouts and get his feet moving and look down the field. But if he's going to tuck it and run it and, you know, show his mobility off as another weapon in his game, then, man, that's just going to make them that much more dangerous. So, impressed with Bama, impressed with Georgia, very impressed with Florida. Uh, Florida's exactly what I've been talking about all offseason, saying that, you know, if they stay healthy, they have some major weapons, um, you know, if they can stay healthy. And Anthony Richardson is one of them. And I thought he was perfect in the Billy Napier offense. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what, what Florida does. If they get a win over Kentucky this week, man, that'll be, that'll be huge. But just, you know, maybe uh, what, what was I disappointed with? Obviously, LSU just looking like they weren't ready to go. Um, you know, I almost wish it would have been flipped for LSU. They play Southern this week, and they'll get everything right. But you almost wish they could have flipped and played Southern Week One and played Florida State this week. I think LSU would have looked a lot better and probably would have beat Florida State. And then uh, disappointed with Kentucky's offensive line. Disappointed with South Carolina's offensive line. Those were two that uh, you know I, I had question marks about coming into this year, and, and they did not. You know, Kentucky. Will Levis was under pressure much of that first half, and then Spencer Rattler. You know, South Carolina loves all their running backs that they have, but. They couldn't really get much going on the ground game, and Spencer Rattler was under pressure constantly. So those are just kind of some big-picture takeaways from Week 1. And, Chris, in Week 2, we have our first couple of conference games. You just mentioned South Carolina. They go to Arkansas. Uh, then you have Kentucky and Florida in what is now a top-25 matchup. Kind of 
talking about those two games in particular uh, and maybe even that Florida and Kentucky game more so that seems like a uh, already fairly significant game in the East. Obviously, we know Georgia is is by far the favorite, but uh, that number two spot seemed to be Tennessee or Kentucky coming into the season, and now you have Florida uh, immediately uh, putting maybe the East on notice with that win over Utah. What do you think of that Florida and Kentucky game in particular? Yeah, the, the, the Florida-Kentucky game is just interesting because Kentucky has been a little bit more competitive in that series in recent years, but there still have been some blowouts. Um, and, and so I think somebody brought up, you know, in 2018 and 2020, I think were blowouts. And so, you know, it, it would make sense if, if this one is a blowout. But, uh, you know, Kentucky has started to at least compete better with Florida in recent years in that rivalry. And so uh, I just wonder, going into a hostile environment, and I mean, the Swamp brought it last week against Utah. You know, can they bring it again for a second week? I think they absolutely can. And, uh, you know, if Will Levis and Kentucky don't come in ready to go and they're not protecting him, they're going to find themselves in trouble. But the bigger picture with Kentucky was they weren't, ready, you know, able to run the football with Cavaccio Smoke. There was how Chris Rodriguez still their starting running back. And so I think that's a big blow to them. But I do think the Kentucky defensive front's going to do a better job of shutting down the Florida run game and particularly – I think J.J. Weaver said it the other day, we're not letting Anthony Richardson run all over us like he did at Utah. So uh, I say challenge accepted, and, and let's see what they're able to do. But the more and more I look at it, the more I think it's going to be a close game. I think I picked Florida to win it 27-20. to 20. Um, Would love to see Kentucky win this game. Look, Kentucky, all the hype we had about Will Levis coming into this season and Mark Stoops, man, this would be a big blow to your season if you take a loss in week two to a rebuilding Florida team. So, this is one that when Kentucky looked at their schedule, they said, we got to have that one in week two. And if you're Florida, think of how this, the trajectory of this season changes. If you win this game and you start 2-0, man, you're putting Georgia on notice saying, hey, that game in Jacksonville in a few weeks, we're ready for you. We're, we're much better than, than people thought we were going to be. So uh, that's a fun one. Arkansas hosts in South Carolina. I just don't know. You know like they used to say with uh, Saturday Night Live, they had like, some of the cast members not ready for prime-time players. I feel like South Carolina is that, you know, the Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer, all this offseason hype. But, man, I just wonder, going up to Arkansas, playing KJ Jefferson, playing this veteran team, you know, are you not quite ready for prime time yet? Uh, I will say I was a little surprised how poorly Arkansas secondary played last week. Cincinnati moved the ball up and down the field on them. Now, they made mistakes. They turned the ball over. They fumbled the ball away. They did all kinds of dumb things. But, you know, and Spencer Rattler, if they can give him some time to throw, I think he can move the ball up and down the field in Arkansas because you know, Jalen Catalan's banged up, Miles Slusher is banged up. So uh, maybe South Carolina will have a chance to move the football. But, uh, uh, you know, if I had to bank on that one, I'm taking Arkansas at home. And then, of course, the big one, Alabama and Texas and Austin, uh, you know, for the big non-conference game. I, I'm still surprised that line hasn't moved at all, that Alabama's been right around a three-touchdown favorite and, Look, I think Alabama's very good, but that's going to be – you know, Alabama struggled last year when they went into some hostile environments, if you remember. When they went into the swamp, uh, Florida turned it on the second half, and they made that a game. Uh, of course, we all remember the Iron Bowl last year, how poorly Alabama played with that one. So, you know, if Alabama's not careful and they go in there and they make mental mistakes and turn the ball over a couple times, don't let that Texas crowd into it because they can – you know, you can find yourself into a game. And, again, I think it's a game Alabama still wins, but – you know, if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm looking at this line, I certainly would at least be considering maybe taking Texas under 20 points because, you know, if anything, maybe Alabama gets up big and then, uh, you know, calls the dogs off late and maybe Texas gets the backdoor cover. So 
always something to think out, think about from the betting line. But yeah, I'm really curious just to see how t- how Alabama responds in a tough road hostile environment because it's already a sellout. And those Texas fans said they're going to bring it. Chris, uh, I'm going to take advantage of early season to, to talk about this team because we may not get to talk about them once we hit uh, the heart of conference play. But how about this Vandy start to the year? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, they, they've been one of the more fun stories of the season already at 2-0. And Mike Wright has been outstanding six touchdowns last week, which was a, a Vandy quarterback record. But that said, you get a big ranked uh, top 25 Wake Forest team coming in with their quarterback Sam Hartman coming back. And – you know, I've seen Wake is around like a 13, 14-point uh, favorite. And I just say, like, Vandy, when's the time, man? Let's turn this thing around. Let's get a big home victory over a ranked team. Um, I think I, I didn't pick Vandy with the with the win, but with the upset, but I did pick them to cover the points. I just, you know, I know they gave up points against Elon last week, but, man, week to week, things change. So things are different. I think they're going to come, you know, a little bit more aggressive this week defensively against Sam Hartman and, you know, Mike Wright and offense just keep doing the thing, man. They look so good. Again, it's, it's Hawaii and Elon, so it's a bigger test going as against a Wake Forest defense. But I'm rooting for Vandy, man. If they can get this win, I think Dari Noka picked them to win this one, too. So if they can get this one, I keep saying it. Vandy is going to win an SEC game this year. I don't know who it is, whether it's Mizzou or South Carolina or somebody, but I think Vandy's going to win an SEC game this year, and that's certainly a step forward for Clark Lee. Chris, someone who had kind of a ho-hum uh, first week was Texas A&M. They did shut out Sam Houston. However, they did have some offensive difficulties, only 3.4 yards a carry on 32 rushes, and then Haynes King, a couple of turnovers. Uh, what is your confidence level on the Texas A&M offense? Because everyone understands the talent that A&M has. They're obviously a highly ranked team because of it, but there are still some real questions with this offense. So where do you stand on, on, on what this offense will become and what this team will be? Yeah, there are huge questions for A&M. And, you know, where do I stand in their offense right now? Not very impressed. But that said, you're playing a pretty good Appalachian State team. Go out there and show me. Uh, I was very disappointed with their run game in week one. Uh, A-Chain has been a guy that everybody's been hyping up, and, and he's had some good moments in the SEC. But it's time for him to step up and be that guy. And, uh, you know, when have you seen a Jimbo Fisher team not able to run the football at will? Uh, I thought Sam Houston did a really good job of shutting it down. But they got to go at App State this week. And, that's a team that North Carolina, you know, scored a bunch of points on a week ago, I think 61 points. So I would say if I'm A&M, got to go right at them. And, and Hank King, look, it was a mixed bag. Did he make some really nice throws down the field? Yes. He also made a couple of boneheaded throws with two interceptions. So uh, the defense did play very well for A&M, though. I'm expecting them to be much more aggressive this week and get after App State. And I'll tell you this, guys, to see the recruiting firsthand – uh, this is the first time I looked at A&M's defensive line and commented to somebody who I was watching the game with. I said, those guys are bigger. Those guys are way bigger than recent uh, A&M defensive fronts in recent years. So the, the big four- and five-star recruits are showing through, and, and they're, uh, you know, and they're bring, bringing it on that defense. So I think A&M's defense is, is going to be what's, car- what's going to carry them throughout much of this year. But we've got to see more from the offense and more consistent play from Haynes King this week. Chris Gordy is the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, and he's joining us here on Sports Call today in Auburn. Let's turn our attention to the Plains here, Chris. Auburn picks up the 42-16 to win over Mercer, in which two quarterbacks got a lot of run, in Finley and Robbie Ashford. Uh, what were your major takeaways from the Auburn game? Yeah, I, I thought Finley made some good throws. I thought he made some not-so-good throws. But, man, it, it's hard not to be impressed with what Robbie Ashford did. I mean, 
I thought he made some nice throws, and the running ability is undeniable uh, what he brings. You know, we knew we, we kept hearing there were going to be some design runs for him. And, you know, I think, you know, like Brian Harson said this week, I think he can't not play both guys. But here's, here's what I say, though. Uh, going into this week against San, San Jose State, if Finley struggles at all, like if he throws, uh, you know, a couple interceptions again this week and looks off, I would not be afraid to, to, turn, to turn things over to Robbie Asher and say, hey, you know what, on the road to Penn State, let's go. You're our guy if he plays well and Finley struggles. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Finley's going to play well this week against San Jose State. I think he's going to remain the starter. But I think you're still going to have the wrinkles and the different plays that Robbie Ashford brings. But if you're Brian Harson, man, again, like, I don't know how – I don't know how – put it this way. I don't know how you stick with T.J. Finley as a starter if he goes out there and throws another couple of interceptions this week and doesn't look very good. So, um, again, this is your dress rehearsal. Treat it like a dress rehearsal. We, we know the run game is good. We know Tank is good uh, and Hunter and those guys. But – uh, this is your dress, re- dress rehearsal for the road trip to Penn State this week, and uh, I'm, I'm really going to hold T.J. Finley to a higher standard this week and say, we need you to be great, and I think he can be. Yeah, and just fortunately for Auburn, that game, Penn State at home inside Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, right, next week. Right. With, uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. You're a good uh, crazy wideout that they got to uh, experience last year, and now those uh, Pennsylvania folks get to come down to the Plains and see what that's like. So talking about this Auburn team, though, the messaging – from Harson has been a lot of, hey, this two-quarterback system can work, and we know that he did that at Boise State. But I ask you the question, in 2022, in the SEC, do you really think you can play two quarterbacks? I think you can as long as both are effective, right? I mean, it's, you know, I, I hate the stupid adage, you got two quarterbacks, you got none. No, you got two who are good, you got two who are good. I mean, that's just what it is. So, And two guys who do different things and bring different things to the table. So... Um, you know, ultimately, yeah, when things go wrong, you want to place the blame at the foot of one guy and, and that sort of thing. But I, I think you, I mean, look, I don't think you're going to win a national championship playing two guys, but can Auburn have a really good season and win eight, maybe nine games this year playing both guys? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't fall into that adage. I, I think it's fine. And, and Brian Harson seemed to echo those sentiments this week. And, and he said, we can play both guys and they both play well. We're going to do it. So. Um, yeah, I, I adhere to that. But, again, I, I'm going to continue to hold Finley to a higher standard because I know how good he can be. I mean, I saw the kid uh, cool under pressure in those games at LSU that he played and then obviously went to a hostile environment at Auburn, got his butt kicked. But, uh, you know, the, the, the T.J. Finley we saw down the stretch of last season I don't think was the T.J. Finley that, uh, that that's the real T.J. Finley. I think T.J. still has a lot of talent in there, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow. And, I'm excited to see what he does this week. I think he'll look much better this week. And, Chris, another offseason uh, question that was for the Auburn Tigers team was the wide receivers. You saw a lot of guys get on the field for the Tigers this past Saturday. What were your thoughts on the wide receiver play for the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, I still I want to get shed. You know, there, there's so many of these great receivers in the SEC right now that we just didn't – like, I want to see more. I want to see more from shed. I want to see more from, obviously, Keishon Boutte at, at LSU. I want to see a little bit more – in the Alabama guys, Kobe Prentice, the freshman there, I thought looked great in his first game, but I want to see more from him. Uh, I think there's room to grow there. I mean, we, we know how good Shank is at, at, at tight end. Um, obviously, the, the run game is going to be where their bread is, buttered, bread is buttered this year, but, yeah, you want to get Shed involved a, a little bit more, and you know, I, I think he has a chance to be one of the best wide receivers in the SEC when it's all said and done. So, um, yeah, it's a work in progress, but a lot of the things with the offense was a work in progress. But look, all the damn rain delays we had last week and the <laughs> lightning delays, I thought that threw a lot of things off for all for all the teams involved. So here's hoping uh, we'll be more continuity this week. 
Chris Gordy, a colleague of mine with the Locked On Podcast Network. He is the host of the Locked On SEC Podcast. Chris, how can we support that podcast? How can we find it? Yeah, just search Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcasts. We're up on YouTube now with the, the video version of the show. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys checking it out. We had some great interviews this week with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports and Chris Marlowe from Saturday Down South and a lot of uh, a lot of great guests every week. So I encourage you to check it out. And uh, we're having fun, man. It's, we're going to keep this thing rocking and rolling. And let's see if the SEC can have another 13-1 week this week. Well, I guess that's not possible because we've got two conferences. Right. <laughs> but maybe we'll get 12 wins this week. I love it. Chris, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk again soon, okay? All right, thanks, guys. That's Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, and he's joining us here on Sports Call.